Hey, Michael here. Welcome to Acquisitions Anonymous. Uh, today, my buddy Matt and I uh, dug through a couple of businesses with no sellable value. And I think it was a really good example of kind of the lessons uh, that we're seeing in looking at a lot of businesses. Some of these just aren't going to sell at all for anything more than a sum of the parts. So the first business we looked at was a CrossFit gym. And then we looked at a couple of medical practices uh, after we realized the CrossFit gym was a terrible idea. So I uh, had a ton of fun doing this one. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here is the episode. Hey, Michael here. Want to talk to you about today's sponsor for the episode, uh, which is cloudbookkeeping.com. Uh, so cloud bookkeeping is actually run by my neighbor, Charlie. So I've met him in person and uh, can attest that he's a real human being and a good person. Uh, and what cloud bookkeeping does is offer a full suite of bookkeeping services uh, all in the cloud uh, for you around QuickBooks and other technologies that you're using as a small business owner. Uh, so if you're interested in getting the bookkeeping part of running a business off of your plate and focusing on running your business, uh, Charlie and his team are one to call. Um, they can put together a bunch of other stuff in terms of helping you manage and grow your business besides just bookkeeping, um, sophisticated reporting, uh, definitely helping you get your QuickBooks online set up in the right way, uh, and a number of things around payroll as well. So uh, definitely know them and recommend them. If you want to find out more about cloud bookkeeping, um, you can go to their website at cloudbookkeeping.com. Uh, reach out to Charlie. I know many of you have uh, and see if he can help you uh, make your running your business easier and more fun by uh, letting them help with a lot of the bookkeeping solutions. So, uh, and when you call, mention this podcast, uh, it would help us uh, and help Charlie know uh, that we're supporting him as well. So thanks a bunch and cloudbookkeeping.com uh, as the sponsor for today's episode. All right, Matt, welcome back. I'm very excited about the deal we have today. I am very excited to be here. Well, well I think it's time to redeem ourselves because the last time you were on the show, uh, Mirko wasn't here, Mirko, our producer uh, and GM for the, the podcast business, but Mirko, Literally within four minutes, the podcast kind of ground to a halt because the deal we were talking about was so bad that I said it was the worst deal I've ever seen. And then we just kind of chit chatted for 20 more minutes and click stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it wasn't, it wasn't a ground to a halt. It just like, we just kept digging deeper and like every, every layer of the onion, it just got progressively more rotten, I think was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back to redeem ourselves. And today's plan uh, is near and dear to our heart. And it is a CrossFit gym that's for sale in Florida. And uh, little, most people don't know you and I met each other at a CrossFit gym and have remained friends ever since. And today we have a CrossFit gym that is for sale in Florida and we're going to do it. So um, let me let me go ahead and read this one and then we could talk about what they have to say. Uh, so to the CrossFit gym for sale in Lauder Hill, Florida, which I think is near Fort Lauderdale. Is that right? Let's assume so. Yeah. Let's assume so. And they have their logo here and it is very CrossFit as a CrossFit logo would be called CrossFit Militia, mm -hmm. which I think early on, I really got into the bro aspect of CrossFit and now it's, then I got over it and now I'm back to loving it again, just because it feels endearing. And they have like a very, for those of you not on YouTube, uh, they have a very masculine Eagle logo and they use this kind of uh, like design language that looks like they're about to jump out of an airplane. So it says CrossFit Militia. They are selling the business for $70,000. Cash flow is not applicable. So we're off to a good start there. 
Gross revenue is $129,000. They have $50,000 worth of inventory, which I think is more like equipment. And they're paying $5,000 a month in rent. And the business has been around since 2009. Uh, business description. This diverse community was established around 2009. It was built with people that centered their lives on serving the public, firefighters, EMT, military, police lawyers, judges, nurses, and teachers. And it has grown to be an exclusive exercise facility that supports each other through encouragement, yada, yada, yada. Um, the facility that they're in, so this is a micro gym that is a small workout facility that is 4,800 square feet, two bathrooms and one air-conditioned office space in the back, where they also have a body fat scanner, which comes with the scale of the business, they say, two large bay doors, fans on the walls, and ground for airflow, and two AC units that they don't use. They expand the space in 2020, so it now has two bays together, and the lease is up September 2023, and a renewal is an option. All coaches who work there are part-time and most have been with the community since it was established. We have one person in charge of sales and account management. They also take charge of scheduling body fat scans, communications, and foundation sessions. Neighbors, there's a cheer facility next door and an auto repair shop on the corner. All neighbors are hel are helpful, friendly, and supportive. Uh, and the area is safe to run at night or early mornings. Lots of residential areas surrounding the gym, and some members like to bike or walk. There are no other CrossFit gyms within Sunrise, which I guess is the master plan community where they're located. And they have had very little social media marketing work done and continue to grow. There are six classes a day with a need for more morning classes. And there's also a need for kids classes, but they don't have the staff to support that. Members would enjoy some more stuff like a nutrition and accountability program, and they could even get bigger. Oh, and here's a picture of where they are, Matt. So they're like between Boca Raton and Fort Lauderdale towards the alligators towards the West. So... You have been a customer of our CrossFit gym longer than I have. What do you think about buying this CrossFit gym for uh, $70,000? Hmm. Well, they could do with some members, couldn't they, really? You know? <laughs> so how many members do they say they have? Uh, they don't say, but I'm guessing at gross revenue, if they're 100 bucks a month, then they've got 100 members. Right. Which is really low for CrossFit, as we know. Like It seems like you're... That's really bouncing along the bottom in terms of uh, a membership pool that they need to, to even function. They're only, you know, they're two times rent at, at this point in terms of revenue. Um, right. You know, 60,000 a year revenue, 130,000, uh, 60,000 a year in rent and 130,000 in revenue there. Whew, I guess a bit tight. Um, yeah. Which ultimately becomes kind of the yeah. problem which ultimately becomes kind of the problem with a business like this, right? You know, until you get it to a certain scale, which these guys have not gotten there, um, you're basically buying yourself a job, right? So if you do the math of they're bringing in 130,000 a year and rent is, we just figured it out, it's close to 6,000 a year. So they're spending 50% of revenue on rent. And that basically turns into a situation where this person by themselves is teaching two to three classes a day, probably. And these are hour long classes. Yeah. And you got a situation where you're buying, you know, the person that owns this is basically trapped. They've got 60 to $70,000 worth of equipment that they've bought over the years. They've got this huge lease. Uh, and then they've got a situation where, you know, they, they're just paying themselves 60 grand a year to teach CrossFit classes, basically when it comes down to it. Yeah, uh, and it's, I mean, it's what it boils down to. They said they've got in six employees. I don't know if they're, they're all coaches, they're part-time coaches. How much are you paying your coach? 25 an hour, 20 an hour, 
30 an hour. It got to be in, in that sort of range somewhere. Um, so it doesn't take too long to realize that this is not making any money right now. Um, the also looking at the equipment, that's, that's going to be, um, something well worth measuring because they're talking about their inventory, which we assume is going to be equipment. Um, often you get these valued by the pound. So, you know, it, does that mean they've got a uh, hundred plates collectively weighing, I've lost the numbers in front of me now, but a hundred plates collectively weighing an enormous amount, or do they actually have uh, the, the expensive equipment that people may or may not like using, like the, the row machines or the uh, decent uh, erg bikes, et cetera, et cetera, that, that make it all work. Yeah, when you look at that day, it's a 6 a.m. start, uh, then a 9 or 10 class, a 4.30 to 8.30. So basically you're starting at um, 5.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning and shutting up shop at 9 o'clock at night. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a a full day for, for most people. Maybe there's a couple of gaps in there, but that's that's a full day. Uh, like if you were to teach – if you were to teach all these classes yourself, there's seven classes a day – Right now. Yeah. And as you're saying, like your day every day, except for Sunday and Saturday is waking up at five 30 in the morning and shutting down nine o'clock. Once the last person leaves the gym, and we haven't even talked about how they're affording cleaning their gym, repair and maintenance on the gym, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I looked, I just pulled up who, who the coaches are and it looks like it's a husband wife team. So this Rachel owner and rich owner, um, and they're doing this together. And then there's a bunch of part-time coaches. So that may be some of their saving graces. They're teaching a third of the classes a week and the rest of the time they're, they have, they look like they have five or six other part-time class, uh, coaches, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. I think they have more coaches than members based on those numbers. <laughs> well, again, you know, okay, we're giving them free membership and we're uh, paying them to, to, actually train the class, take the class. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think in this sort of situation, it really comes down to what equipment they got and, uh, plus a little bit of something for the business. And that's kind of how you're going to end up valuing it. Like it, is this equipment worth buying and a little bit of something for, uh, whatever the sort of functionality of the business is actually going to be, if you actually want it. The question then really comes down to is how do you build the membership base? Because the membership base is a living, breathing thing. It needs to be constantly fed. You need to be constantly adding new people because there's obviously an inevitable um, uh, attrition. You need to build an environment that people want to come along to and um, as much as anything, I mean, I think the, the programming is absolutely the cornerstone of the place's success. And if you've got weak programming or boring classes or poor pedagogy as in terms of how you're actually structuring those classes, people just aren't going to stick around. Hey, there's a few yeah. rowers in the background there. So they got some and some boxes. They got, unless these are stock photos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it all, it's always funny to me when there's a health oriented business for sale. And their reason for selling is health reasons. Uh, you know, like not, not that that shouldn't be funny, but it's always kind of funny to me when I look at it, I'm like, oh, like it's, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. They, um, they, 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 they it, there's a couple of words missing. It was like bank account health reasons was what they, uh, 
Uh, well, I, mean, I do right. think this highlights a problem with the CrossFit model. And there's two big problems with being a CrossFit gym owner. So number one is like, you're not a franchisee. Like CrossFit doesn't actually do franchises. They do what's called licenses. And so on top of like all of this deal where they're only taking in 130,000 in gross revenue and their rent is 60,000 a year, basically 50%. On top of that, they still have to pay CrossFit for permission to call themselves CrossFit, whatever. So there's another three to five, maybe more thousand dollars off the top that they're paying before they can pay themselves. The second thing is because you're not a franchisee, there is no control around anybody being able to open up directly across the street from you and use the CrossFit name. And like the CrossFit gym you and I go to, there's a CrossFit across the street, like right across the street. You could see it from like you're working out in our gym. You could see the other CrossFit gym across the street. Um, And so CrossFit does really well on that, right? They're getting paid by both gyms. But if you're the gym owner, that kind of sucks. And, you know, that's the other problem here is what are you buying? Like immediately tomorrow, two CrossFit gyms could open up across the street and take half or two thirds your business. It's not, it's not easy to have a lot of residual when that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously a, a pretty uh, significant threat. And as you point out, I mean, we could literally throw a kettlebell bell and uh, hit the other gym. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, but now I will say actually in the last couple of years, I think in terms of, uh, franchisee, uh, in quote marks support, because one of these things where are they really, uh, are they really not really a franchise? Well, they're kind of right on the, right on that, uh, gray area. Uh, that's probably not so gray in terms of having a franchise. Um, the, uh, but what we have seen is like they've really stepped up their coaching services, their support to, um, the, 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 the box owner and what they can do in terms of programming. And again, I come back to the fact that I think programming is, is, is everything. It's, uh, a, a comparable would be, you know, do you go and watch a sports team? Um, because you like the facilities or you like the popcorn. No, you want to see, you know, dynamic players. And it's the players who are responsible for getting people to in, in to watch a sporting event because I'm going to see great rugby players or I'm going to see great basketball players or whatever it might be. Um, and in the case of a CrossFit gym, you're going because the programming's good and it's getting to where you want to be. And there's a great community and you're developing as a, as an individual, as an athlete, et cetera. And without that, you've got nothing. I say CrossFit has come back and done a good job and made it quite accessible for uh, better programming for the boxes. So you've got a much more sort of standardized product. Uh, but as you say, you've now, you, you are exposed to one opening down the road or an orange theory. I mean, let's face it, there's uh, uh, a, th- a thousand things that you could be doing and the flavor of the month. Or last couple of years, perhaps in Orange Theory could be uh, whichever one's next is is going to pop up. So you've really got to be out there. Yeah, the newest ones around us are Hot Works, which is I guess you do a workout on a TV screen when it's really hot. It's super weird. Uh, and it. then F forty five is a new thing. It's kind of like half Orange Theory, half uh, half CrossFit, which is fun. I went to a fancy dinner last night, by the way, and like everybody there is. Like we're doing F45, you know, it's not CrossFit currently, but it's still pretty tough. That's everybody would say that to me. I'm like, okay, well, cool. You know, you're, you're, you're special. Oh, oh, camp gladiator, which, uh, always makes me chuckle, but uh, 
Those people are so sweet. We see them out in the park and they're doing their little like half push-ups. It's adorbs. Uh, anyway, one thing I just did notice from the listing is Rachel is, uh, looks like the wife of the husband wife team here. Uh, she is actually the person that appears to have been, be the person listing the business for sale. Rachel Worcester. Um, so that has me actually kind of interesting. It just shows how little market there is of resale of these gyms and, and frankly, how smart CrossFit headquarters has been to make it so that they created this situation that totally benefits them, right? If you look at this and read, like you go to the website and read the way these people describe their business, describe what they do, describe the actual gym itself. Like one thing that was really striking about this listing, and, and this is where paying attention to what they're saying, I think is valuable. They did not talk about this as a business at any point in this whole thing. They refer to what they're doing as a diverse community. Like, so basically CrossFit has created the situation in which they've convinced these people they're part of a community that is privileged to spend five or 10, send five or $10,000 a year to CrossFit for the right to use the CrossFit name. Like, think about like a pretty genius business model. That's some good stuff. Like, that's a, like you got to give, you got to give some credit for that. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, the, the the idea of the sort of the community, though, is I think you need to be developing as the community and as as an individual within that community, right? You can build a community around bingo. I mean, bingo is a community, but are the, are people developing um, uh, and and growing within that community, or is it just sort of a, a static place you go enjoy being where you are, right? And uh, that's. You know, I think for these businesses to grow, develop, et cetera, you need to focus it being on a growing, developing community that you're actually trying to build. And um, and I'm not seeing a whole lot here that is saying um, we've really sussed how to uh, develop this business. And, you know, they've been two, they've had 12 years at it now, 13 years, 2009. Um, and, you know, it's just it's just not there. It's just not there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're talking about exactly the right thing. Like when you own one of these gyms, like your product is the community, but the business has to be a real viable business behind it. And like you look at their website and like they don't list their prices anywhere. And there's no button where I can like give them money. Like it's just, it's just a brutal type of situation where that's the other problem with this type of business being in is a lot of times you're attracting these like religious zealots who aren't in it to actually make any money, right? They're in it just because they love it so much and want to spend their day talking about it. And it's the same thing you see, like it, when I was a younger person, you see people that you go in and, and people had baseball card shops and that was just because they wanted to talk about baseball cards all day. They didn't actually care about making any money. So same thing, like if you're competing against somebody like this, who doesn't really care about making money, like, and just wants to like get by, like, good luck if you have a priority where you really want to build a business. So again, man, I thought today was going to be the day where we had like a great deal. This <laughs> is total crap too. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends if you, if you're getting all the equipment and a small membership as a, as a starting point. Yeah. I mean, you're accelerating, you, you've got, you've got a leg up and you've got something to start with, but you really absolutely need to go into this with your eyes wide opening of how am I going to build a membership? How am I going to retain the membership and how am I going to, uh, um, 
I was going to say, we're, we're looking for a better word than sort of stimulate the membership to want to come back on a regular basis and use and tell their friends and, and uh, say, hey, this place is great. You know, um, enough that they want to pay money, right? That's yeah. the other problem here. Like, like if you have, like these guys do, you have more coaches on your payroll than you have paying members. And I'm exaggerating a bit, but it's not that far off. Like they have 10 yeah. coaches for a hundred, hundred some, some odd members. I mean, we're assuming it's a hundred bucks a month, but I mean, it might well be 150 a month, uh, you know, reasonably. So they could be only at 75, you know? It's, uh, yeah. Well, that, that also brings up something here. Like they, a lot of times you see listings like here, like this one where, the people filling out the stuff, especially if they're representing themselves, like this Rachel appears to, a lot of times you see these listings and it's, it's a question mark as to whether they actually understand what the terms mean. Like gross revenue, they may think that's like, oh, what did the two of us working here put in our pocket last year? So this could be a much bigger CrossFit gym than we think. I doubt it. Because we haven't even talked about the biggest problem with this CrossFit gym is, you know, in Florida, the further you go away from the water, typically the lower the dollar like income and disposable income goes. And these guys are right before you get to swamp, like right before right you get to the Everglades, which is typically yeah. some of the lowest dollar stuff. And there's exceptions around it. But that's the other, that's the big knock about this thing. They're like, oh, there aren't that many CrossFit gyms nearby. And I'll tell you why. Cause you're most like you need to, you need to have a, a, a group of target market, like in that area who are going to want to pay a couple hundred dollars a month. And like, this is probably why you don't see <laughs> like this. You don't put your CrossFit gym in an area that can't afford it. Yeah. And it's right next to a, uh, auto body work. And uh, what was the other store? Uh, a cheer, a, a cheer place where you can go take your daughter or son to become a cheerleader. Other than that, it's great. Uh, well, and I think that's why you see also like these CrossFit gyms when they sell, like you and I have seen a couple that have sold and they end up selling for the value of the parts. Like it's they sell for assets. It's kind of like a restaurant in that way. Um, except this is a restaurant where you actually have to uh, pay CrossFit $5,000 a year to be able to call it a CrossFit gym and be part of the quote unquote community. It's like, just like the best brainwashing ever. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, just looking at the pictures, I mean, there's a lot in there that has value. I mean, the pull-up bar frame system they've got is is good quality. The, uh, the They've got the right rowers. They've got the various boxes. They've obviously got a, a ton of plates and bars, et cetera, that all, that all has value, but it's just got, you know, second-hand parts value. Um, and it's really like, what does the membership base look like? How have you, because all the values in, in that base, if, if it's a, a regular base that wants to show up and, and you have got the opportunity to build it, that's one thing. Um, if it's not there, then, you know, you're kind of dead in the water. Oh, we haven't even talked about the best part yet. <laughs> the lease is I up thought we in just September. Did about the best bit. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, no. you, buy, you buy this okay. thing and you're, you may end up having to move all of that crap in uh, in nine months. Yeah. Huh. Uh, reason to, reason to sell lease health reasons, right? <laughs> lease is not healthy. <laughs> yes. Um, oh boy. I mean, we're not, if there's any medical issues, we're not mocking that at all, but it's, uh, it's, there's a number of things here that would raise red flags. Um, so let's, uh, let's invert this. Is there any world in which you, let's say you own this business, how would you actually try to sell it? Would you go on biz by sell where we found this listing and, and try to do it? I know how I would do it. Um, and it's, it's, 
it is somewhat akin to how our CrossFit gym changed hands as well. But what, how, if you, if you're the seller of this, how would you go about this? Would you do it like these guys are doing? You have to find another evangelist, someone who's bought into the uh, concept and wants that lifestyle and loves the idea of it and wants to, um, you know, is, is less willing to look at the business numbers and more willing to look at the, um, uh, are more wanting the lifestyle that, uh, and the, um, the, the, the kudos of having actually the gym and trying to be part of that community. And so you're looking for someone who is, who is, who is a fan of CrossFit already. And it's probably going to come out with membership base or at least a very close affiliated membership base. Um, cause they're the ones that, that want to be in this environment. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of blows my mind. Like they have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. By the way, pretty fit looking coaches, by the way. Yeah. That's the one thing yeah. <laughs> you're on a CrossFit gyms and the employees are pretty jacked. <laughs> I mean, look at this guy. Uh, what well, his name just says coach. Oh no, Timmy. Timmy looks Timmy. pretty jacked, but like, that's also another kind of red flag here. You're like, wait a second. Like none of the 10 coaches that you have are that interested in buying the business, especially when it's right now they're asking $70,000 and they claim to have about that much in terms of equipment. Like none yeah. of these people are interested in buying it, like zero of them. And I know like they may not have the capital to do it, but like, you know, I think we've seen a lot of times these gyms, if they sell as intact things that are established businesses and you expect to keep running them, uh, the buyer gets 90 to 100% seller financing. Yeah, I say it's all owner financed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, if this is such a good community, how come none of your 14 coaches are interested in buying it, even with seller financing and stuff like that? It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Interesting. I mean, I don't know what they did with the listing, but there's there's at least six or eight coaches there, and the listing has six staff. So I'm not sure if they're counting somebody else in there or not. And they've clearly tried to add on other things, like this this uh, body fat measurement has been added several times um, yeah. in, in the listing to say, okay, we're diversifying into this, but it's a bit kind of clutching at straws. It's not even really swinging to the fences, it's clutching the straws. But yeah, it's, it's all about how you're going to build that community and have you got the, uh, have you got the products that people are going to want to show up for month in, month out, be stable members and who are going to develop under that, uh, under that, uh, regime. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would pass on this one. Oh, come on. We're trying to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> Try to redeem ourselves after the last episode. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, I mean, I think reading through this, like I'm looking at the owner's owner's deal here, that he's had some devastating injuries. You know, I think this, you, and I think we both know people like this that like they have their dreams to be competitive as an athlete, but just like they're not built to do it for the long term. And it's kind of interesting to see. You know, guys, like, it looks like this owner is rich and he's, it says, I've had to put my dreams on the back burner due to some devastating injuries. And it just like tears at my heart when you see somebody like him who wants it so bad. And right now I got to imagine, you know, he's gone to cross, he's gotten into CrossFit hardcore and then managed to injure himself there. I don't, I don't know. He says, he says, my dreams of playing professional sport came, uh, were, were throughout, but they got the debt. So I don't know if the injury is related to the, to the, current crossfit oh, i'm just assuming he's know. gotten injured at crossfit yeah. just like a lot of other yeah. people we know it just it just reawakes re reawakens the pathologies you've already got in a lot absolutely of yeah absolutely all right well we hate this one nice work thanks for coming back <laughs>
Hey, but, I, like, I bet I can find a worse business. I was just looking at <laughs> dentists. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, that was, for those of you listening, that was our other thing was like, well, let's go find something interesting in like the dental or medical practice space. And like, I think the one you brought that, that, that we almost did was the, oh, here, I'll pull it up. The established family medical practice in Brownwood, Texas. First of all, have you been to Brownwood, Texas, Matt? Uh, no, I looked it up on the map. If you go towards Abilene, but don't quite get there, uh, that's about where Brownwood is. <laughs> I have been there. I didn't stop. I just kept driving. Well, your, break, your brakes aren't that good because you'd have to stop in a hurry, I think, to, uh, <laughs> to actually be able to stop. <laughs> For the one stop, stop with, <laughs> To stop within the city limits. You need, you need to brake pretty hard. Uh, but I think that's, I mean, you're, I think the theme here, which is really interesting. And so I pulled up this medical practice. The guy's asking a million dollars basically for the business for real estate that's basically worth, uh, $800,000. Like most of the residual value in this, this primary care medical practice in Brownwood, Texas is totally in the building he built for himself, which is actually kind of a nice building. I mean, this is, has a bathroom and everything, which is kind of more than I expected from Brownwood, Texas to have indoor yeah. plumbing. Anyway. Um, I mean, the, the interesting thing about the photos is there's lots of doors open, which are probably a HIPAA violation, but you know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but the, um, but it's interesting. Like there's this theme, like the CrossFit gym, this thing in Brownwood, like for the primary medical practice. And then we pulled up some dental practices too. And it's just like people keep talking about this tsunami of businesses that are going to sell as baby boomers retire. But like so many of them look just like this medical practice, like basically no residual value whatsoever. Like, first of all, it's a medical practice in Brownwood, Texas. So like right then you limit your universe of buyers to basically zero. Like, do you want to be a doctor taking over a sleepy practice and stuck giving primary care out in the middle of nowhere? Like nobody wants to do that. Um, and this CrossFit gym is the same thing. Like you gotta be one, there's no residual value here whatsoever. Like who's going to buy this and move to middle to nowhere, like Florida and live their life coaching CrossFit classes all day for $60,000 a year. Like it's just not, there are no buyers. They just aren't going to happen. Um, and it, it's, it's fascinating to me to see this trend that people think is this big, massive baby boomer transition. I'm like, most of these businesses are not worth anything. There's nothing to buy yeah. here. Um, well, and it'll be interesting to see what happens to these people. I mean, well, there's been two things to buy in both the businesses. There's the inventory in the CrossFit place and the building in the, in the medical practice. But the actual core business itself, they're not ascribing any value to. I mean, they're asking nine fifty for the medical practice and with the real estate valuation of 800000 So, you know, for a 20-year business that this doctor's built up, um, he's asking $150,000. Uh, but what was um, interesting is sort of bringing some personal experience to this. got a friend who started a, um, a concierge cash doctor business, and they basically said because the first 20 to 30 patients they were seeing on a daily basis, they needed just to keep the lights on. And this guy's doing, I think he said, 39 visits a day. So let's say, well, you know, 20 of those or under 15 of those um, are ones that they're actually trying to make some money on. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. So, so yeah, so he's almost, almost no value being ascribed to the business whatsoever. 
it, it and it does come down to a theme that we've seen a lot you know doing this podcast is we'll see over and over again some baby boomer retiring and he's selling his business for a million dollars and then the business he the the buildings he, he's in uh and the three buildings he's bought in the vicinity are all worth 20 million dollars like over and over again that being in business was really just an opportunity for them to get into get into a better business and it turns out being a baby boomer and owning stuff uh before you your generation stops letting everybody else build things is like a really really good business to be in <laughs> like it's really smart yeah that was a very sly dig in the middle of that statement i just uh Oh, just in case the I, listeners missed it. <laughs> I I love I love my baby boomer friends, but they, you know, they've yimby, they uh nimby they nimbied our entire economy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. The I got here first. Hey. I got here first and you guys didn't get here first, so too bad. Yeah, it all pulled up the ladder. From, so, Let's pull up the ladder. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like Thank you guys. Been nice knowing you. Uh, we're going to pull up the ladder behind us. And uh, also uh, that college, that'll be $80,000 a year. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, there, uh, there was something interesting though, when looking through these ones that it was that the doctors and the dentists had uh, different profiles. So when we looked at the dentists, they started to move into actually having the cash flow revenue uh, multiples or the EBITDA multiples in asking for their businesses and saw that a number of times to say, hey, there seems to be some sort of trend here. And really, I think what that came down to in looking at it was just, you know, the ability to sell add-ons above and beyond what someone's going to get reimbursed through insurance. Um, you know, and, and <laughs> actually funny story, my dentist left a, uh, a bad taste in my mouth last time I went. Um, actually, could be added all after that. I need to get Mirko. Could you, could you Mirko? Could you add a little in the uh, <laughs> in post production? Actually, uh, hilariously about this podcast, one of my buddies, I was like, "Hey, man, what would you make better in the podcast?" And he goes, "You need more music and sound effects." And oh. I texted him back, and I was like. You mean like fart noises and canned <laughs> laughter and stuff? And he was like, yes. I was like, oh, God. I don't yes. Think we can do that. More. Okay. Well, yeah, we can sort that out. Anyway, add the ch -ch. So he left it back. Because I went along, right? And I'm, you know, sitting in the chair and got all the stuff in my mouth. And he said, ah, right now I can do a cancer screening of your mouth for an extra $25. And uh, I said, oh, no, no. To the Commonwealth, I said, oh, so you're an expert in spotting cancer, are you? He said, uh, he said, yes, yes, I'm an expert in spotting cancer, and I'm going to check your mouth and make sure there's no cancers in there for 25 bucks. Yeah, good. And I was sitting there in the chair thinking, what kind of prick have you got to be to sit there and say, I'm going to be, I'm an expert in spotting cancer, but if I see it and you don't give me 25 bucks, then I'm not going to tell you. Right. I mean, like, what? So, so I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. His, his uh, wife became a widow. His kids became without a father because of mouth cancer. But 20 bucks is 20 bucks. And uh, I wasn't going to tell him. I mean, it's not like you're going to, you know, get your brakes checked or something. And the, the guy's got to take the wheel off and check your brakes. I mean, he's already digging around your mouth anyway. And to not tell you for 20 bucks or 20, I was like, all right, great. Anyway, I've not been back. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it is a testament, and we're we're about running out of time on today's episode. So, but anyways, the last point for me, I think it is a testament that 
doctors by and large have never seen themselves as business people first. Like a, a, a small percentage of them do, but dentists, I would say the majority see themselves as running a small business that is in the dental care business. Whereas most doctors tend to think of themselves as first and foremost serving humanity. Right. And like, there's, there's exceptions there, but the more doctors I talk to, they don't really think of, you know, like one time when I was in my teens, my uncle, who's a psychiatrist was complaining about all the ways that the medical com medical insurance companies were hammering doctors. And I said, well, why don't you go form a union? And, uh, and he said, why would we do that? We're, we're servants to the community. People should just pay us a fair wage. And I was like, Oh, like this is the mindset. Like these people do not see themselves like normal people. <laughs> there's like, there's a spectrum of normal to God and they're somewhere like closer to God than I am, uh, to where they, they just have a different perspective on, on life. So anyway, on that note, since I've alienated Brownswood, all the baby boomers and doctors good, and, and dentists. Wait, yeah. no, dentists are smart. I just, I said good things about dentists. Uh, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, all right. Yeah. On that note, okay. good job, Matt. Thanks for being here. Maybe uh, next time we'll find a deal that we don't hate so much. No, we're going to find one. There's, gonna, there's a good one out there. I just know it. <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. Cheers, bud. <laughs>